city of Savannah seeks new answers after a weekend of violence. A historic home has new ownership after two decades of vacancy. And a golf course ravaged by a tornado is set to open again. I've got those stories and more in this episode of WTOC's Weekly Wrap, a recap of the week's biggest stories from around the coastal empire and low country. I'm digital anchor Jake Wallace. There is a genuine concern from the business community right now that it feels like there is starting to, to be an increase of this on the weekend, of this type of incident on the weekend. That's Jackie Schott, the executive director of the Savannah Downtown Business Association, earlier this week after the city saw three shootings over the weekend, including one that left a 27-year-old man visiting Savannah from England dead. Savannah police and Mayor Van Johnson don't believe any of the three incidents that occurred are random, but they are still concerned with the amount of gun violence the city has seen recently. WTOC Sean Evans was at Mayor Johnson's weekly news conference on Tuesday, April 26th. Here's his report on what the mayor had to say and information on a potential new partnership he believes could help quell some of the issues. The mayor says while he continues to be bothered by gun violence in the community, that it will not be the thing that defines the city of Savannah. Mayor Johnson said there are too many other good things happening in the city and that he's focusing on those while continuing to work on ridding the community of those who, quote, don't belong here. The mayor says addressing the root causes of gun violence in the city will take time and teamwork. Mayor Johnson said the upcoming violence interrupter program through the Office of Neighborhood Safety and Engagement will be a key component in the work to stop gun violence. Mayor Johnson had this to say about the most recent shooting incidents, which he believes are personal and not random. It's senseless, and so I try not to make sense out of senselessness. Um, you know, once you introduce a gun into a dispute, um, you enter into a place that you can't retreat from, both for a victim and both for uh, a suspect and their families and those who care about them and for a community as a whole. Later this week, City Council will consider a contract to bring in a third party to help Savannah develop a night management program, which would address nighttime related issues like public safety. The man killed in that deadly shooting was identified as 27-year-old Ben Tucker. His death gained international attention on Wednesday, April 27th, when Tucker was acknowledged by announcers during the UEFA Champions League semifinal match between Liverpool and Villarreal. We have more on that on our website, WTOC.com. You can find a link to that story in the description of this podcast episode. A Savannah home that sat vacant for 20 years has a new owner and new hope of its history being preserved. WTOC's Alyssa Jackson has more on how the historic Savannah Foundation is saving the Virginia Jackson Kaya House. I figured, I said, well, it's been there that long and it hadn't gone yet. There are still a few people who have lived in this neighborhood long enough to remember the Kaya House. Some people remember what every single room in this house looked like, and they say this history needs to be preserved, and Virginia Kaya's story needs to live on. If you're driving through the Kyler Brownsville neighborhood, you might pass by and think it's just a house. I didn't know the full connection of the house next door. And it was a home, but that's not all. It was a museum one of the first to be integrated and started by African-Americans. Over 67 years plus of history. And you can't live next to someone that long and not know them. 
Virginia Kaya, right next door, and known to some of Hines' family as Aunt Kaya, was an artist and couldn't enter museums during segregation, so she started her own, later becoming the namesake of SCAD's Museum of Art and a historical figure and civil rights activist civilians couldn't forget. Because with it being the history of, you know, the woman that she was, even though I didn't know her, and a lot of people that we don't know, but we know that their history still needs to be, their story needs to be told. After Kaya's death in 2001, the house deteriorated and was at risk of being demolished until Historic Savannah officially closed on the property after a two-year fight in probate court. It's really, it's a way to preserve Kaya's legacy. It's a minute's mark for Savannah and Kyler Brownsville, some of whom have been hoping it would be preserved. I was, I, I was just happy, happy beyond belief. With them, I said that somebody would get that building and bring it back alive, you know. Historic Savannah doesn't have a plan just yet, but this neighborhood says Kaya's history, black history, is rightfully being saved. Those are things that we need. We need all those things, good and bad times, to remind us that they are strong people out here. There will be a historic marker installed at the home on May 9th. There will also be a memorial service at Asbury United Methodist Church for anyone who wants to pay their respects to the Kayas. If you're a parent of a little one, you've probably noticed it. A shortage of baby formula on store shelves. Three lines of major baby formula brand Similac were recalled in February, which has caused a major formula shortage across the country. WTOC spoke with Savannah pediatrician Dr. Ben Spitalnik about the formula shortage. He says it caused an inconvenience for many families, but he does believe there's an end in sight. We do hope that formula supplies are consistently replenished. Both the company that had the recall and the ones that didn't have a recall should all be catching up very soon. Dr. Spitalnik says if the shortage is forcing your family to consider a change in formula, you should consult your pediatrician to see which would be best for your child. That's the sound of a tornado. Ripping apart the clubhouse at Black Creek Golf Club in Pembroke earlier this month. That tornado was classified as an EF4 by the National Weather Service, which says it was at its strongest when it hit the golf course on Tuesday, April 5th. Black Creek owner Alton Goodwin says the tornado has forced a complete change of the golf course's layout, as nearly 400 trees were destroyed and the damage to the course is estimated at more than a million dollars. After several weeks of work and still more to come, Godwin believes the golf course will be able to reopen in a month. That's something those who play there are happy to see. Here's longtime Black Creek golfer Dennis Seeger. Everybody just can't wait, you know, till it comes back up so we can get back out here again and make it official where we can come out here and start playing with our buddies. Those impacted by those tornadoes are eligible for low-interest long-term loans from the U.S. Small Business Administration to help repair homes and businesses. Homeowners can receive up to $200,000 in uninsured losses, and small business owners can receive up to $2 million. The Small Business Administration has set up a center at the Pembroke Police Department to help folks apply for those loans. That center will be in operation until May 12th. You can get the latest news, weather, and sports updates every night on The News and all the time at WTOC.com and on the WTOC app. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend.